Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever time zone it is, whatever location it is that you're listening. This is the Sheridan Show on BasketballNews.com, and I'm pleased to be joined by a colleague of mine for the past eight years. His name is Keith Pompey. He covers the Philadelphia 76ers for the uh, uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. You can see his stuff on Inquirer.com and on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. Keith, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on, and let's get right at it. Um, how are the folks in Philadelphia feeling about Ben Simmons now, four days uh, post-elimination? You know, I, I I think people are still disappointed. They're they're a little frustrated. Um, but you know, I, I can tell you the the previous three days, it was really um a lot of outrage with Ben, um, stemming from when he passed up that shot, and a lot of people felt like he was the reason that they lost game seven. And that outrage is is been channeled in a lot of different ways, Keith, including people burning uh, Ben Simmons' jersey, uh, which was videotaped and, and went kind of viral on uh, on social media. Um, but, you know, in Philadelphia, they booed Santa Claus. So certainly burning Ben Simmons' jersey is not the worst thing they've done. But, uh, you know, Philly fans, Keith, for people listening around the world and around the country who have not been to Philadelphia, could you kind of sum up for us what uh, the Philadelphia fans' mind frame is. Uh, and that's uh, not just with the Sixers, but certainly I guess I'm asking you for two answers. The Sixers fans' mindset and then the Philadelphia sports fan at large's mindset. It is easy for me because I grew up here. Um, it, you know, the, the thing about Philadelphia fans is um, they're extremely passionate and, and they can be brutally honest. And you know, it's, it's also a blue collar town. I mean, not as much as it used to be, but it, it prides itself off of being a blue collar town. With that said, they 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 like grittiness. They want all their players to be gritty. You know, you don't have to be. You don't have to be an all star. You don't have to be a Hall of Fame famer to be beloved in Philadelphia. What you have to do is you have to show grit on the court, on the field. You have to try. And you have to just get dirty. And if you do that, you won't never have to pay for a meal in the city of Philadelphia. So that's what the Philadelphia fan is. And it comes to a point if if you fail to do that and if you're making a lot of money and you fail to do that, that's when you become public enemy number one. And that's what the Philadelphia fan is. And they're like, again, they're extremely passionate, a blue collar uh, uh, sense. And, and and if you don't do those things, 
they tend to turn on you. And heading into the offseason, the biggest question is, will the Sixers keep Ben Simmons? Daryl Morey is now running the ball club. Um, Daryl Morey was willing to trade Ben Simmons when James Harden was still in Houston. And uh, the Sixers have come out and said, you know, look, we have a plan with Ben. Um, they want him to put in the work. Uh, ben, now after four seasons in the league, still does not have a reliable jump shot, doesn't have a three-point shot. Uh, and cannot make free throws. He took 73 of them over the course of the playoffs, and he only made 25. Uh, Keith, you've been covering the kids since he came into the league, got LSU. You think he'll put in the work this summer? You know, I, I think he will. I mean, I, I think this is rock dot bottom for him. You know what I mean? At least, at least you hope that he will, right? I mean, this is rock bottom. But, again, like, it's more than just putting in the work. You know, when you look at Ben Simmons, if you go to the game and you've been there, Chris, before you've been there pregame, when you go there, you know, you see Ben Simmons doing his pregame workouts. He's making three throws. He's making three pointers. But once the lights come on, he shies away. So I think that, you know, it, you can work with him and you can tweak certain things. Um, the best thing they may want to do is get him into a little rhythm thing, a routine. But outside of that, it's mental. So. You know, I mean, to me, it, it's, he'll he'll put the work in, but we'll we'll find out once he gets in front of twenty thousand fans and people are screaming in a big game and see how it goes then and there if he can make these shots because I think it's more so again is more mental than anything else. I I totally agree with you, and you know, look at what Joel Embiid does at the free throw line: dribble, look, shoot, dribble, look, shoot every single time, same routine, and he hits them above eighty percent. Giannis Antetokounmpo's got a 12-second routine. Uh, you know, you're as likely to get an air ball as you are a make. Um, and then Ben, it, it just looks like he uh, he doesn't bend his knees right. He doesn't keep his elbow in. He doesn't have a good motion. But, again, we've seen him in, in pregames and he hits him. So, you know, confidence, the Sixers will give him whatever it takes in terms of uh, mental coaching and, and whatever. But when I watched game seven, I saw a guy with a deer in a headlights uh, look in his eyes. And you've covered him uh, every game since he's been in the league, Keith. Did you see the same thing? Yeah, I saw it. I, I saw a guy who was a little bit unsure of himself, a guy who lacked, lacked a little bit of uh, confidence. Um, so, yeah, I, I did see that. Um, he wasn't his normal aggressive self. I mean, let's face it. You know, he knew that if he had the ball in clutch situations, they would go to hack a bend. And he knows that he's not a, a very good – three throw shooter. So, you know, with that, he looked like a guy who was a little bit unsure of himself and he lacked that aggression because he didn't want to go to the foul line. And Keith, uh, after the season ended, Daryl Morey met with the media. Uh, he, he said there's a couple dozen NBA teams that would love to be in our shoes. Um, and, you know, he wouldn't really show his cards in terms of what his plan is for, for Ben. But and you, you've been doing this a long time. You know how to read between the lines. What was your takeaway from from Daryl's uh, press conference? And uh, what do you think he's going to do with Ben? You know, you know, it, it's it's kind of tough uh, right about now. I mean, my take from that was everything is open. Like, you know, typically if if there's a Joel Embiid or if there's a a LeBron James, if you ask that person that question, they'll laugh at you and say, "No, I'm not trading him." You know, I'm not going to trade him. Um, I think that when you when a guy is is so non-committal to a question, he's basically saying everything is open, right? Now, here's the thing with the problem with Ben Simmons right now. Like, 
yes, anyone can be traded. But are the Sixers have to ask themselves, are we willing to trade Ben Simmons if we don't get equal trade value back? Because every with each game, Ben Simmons' trade stock dwindled a little bit. Every other general manager or president of basketball ops watched that game. They saw Ben Simmons missing. They saw Ben Simmons struggling from the three-point uh, three line or not taking them, right, passing up shots. So with the Sixers, as the question is, if is Daryl Morey, if he doesn't get the offer that he feels like will help the team or equal value, will he pull the trigger on Ben? To me, that's the biggest question. Now, if if he could, yes, I think Ben Simmons is gone. But if if he doesn't get that, you know, we have to figure out what the Sixers are willing to give up or willing to take back for Ben Simmons. Yeah, we saw kind of a similar uh, situation with Markel Fultz. And, you know, his confidence was shot. Uh, he was the number one overall pick in the draft. And he just couldn't make it work in Philly, and his confidence was shot. But he, he seemed to be turning around uh, quite strongly in Orlando before he got hurt early last season and went out for the year. Um, put yourself in Daryl's shoes, um, uh, Keith, and say, all right, I, I want to go get something for Ben Simmons. I got like a, a leading contender for the defensive player of the year. I got an outstanding rebounder and playmaker. I want a point guard back. Who are you going after? You know, that's tough because the, the, the couple point guards that they could get, you know, if, if it, it depends on what you're trying to do. Like, if you're trying to win now, I think a guy you have to go after is Kyle Lowry. But then that's a sign and trade, right? Um, you know, that's a guy that you want to assign and trade or you hope and pray that he just says, hey, I want to become a free agent. But then with that being said, or can the Sixers afford him? So you're hoping for a sign and trade. Um, I you know, I, I look at him as the best option. You know, like a lot of people are saying Dame Lillard. I like Dame Lillard, too. But I don't know if right now in that market, in Dame, I know he wants, like if Dame wants to get out of there, I don't know in that market if you, if they would take back a Ben Simmons just because of, you know, his shortcomings. And then you look at him and is this a guy that you really want to make the, the face of your franchise? at this particular time when you have a guy like Dane, who's been so great for the franchise. So I don't know if you want to take that trade off, but me personally, I think that a guy like Kyle Lowry for a win now type of thing is the best option. You need somebody with that killer instinct. You need someone with that basketball IQ that he has someone familiar with the city, someone that people would love to come in there and, and be that guy. So right now, He's the first name that comes to mind to me. Now, again, other guys like Chris Paul and this and that, and he's a little bit older. Um, but at the same time, I think <laughs> I think uh, Phoenix would be uh, crazy for letting him go for the success that they're having this season, and it's all because of him. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. And I, I don't think the Blazers would ever give up Damian Lillard. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's in Portland for life. Uh, the Kyle Lowry one, though, is interesting because the Raptors don't want to lose him for nothing, uh, and they could because he's an unrestricted free agent. So if they can take take a roll of the dice on uh, on Ben Simmons, hey, you know why not? It's you know they were ready to move him to the Lakers last year, and the Lakers' refusal to put Taylor Horton Tucker in that trade kept LeBron James from having <laughs> Kyle uh, Kyle Lowry alongside him and Anthony Davis for another championship run. So 
you know, 2020 hindsight, the Lakers should have done that trade. You know, we'll see what happens with the Sixers. Again, I'm Chris Sheridan from basketballnews.com, and I'm joined by Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can follow me on Twitter at Sheridan Hoops, and you can follow Keith on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. And I want to wrap it up here, Keith, with uh, a question about Doc Rivers, because Doc had something to prove this season. You know, he went out, he had a 3-1 lead with the Los Angeles Clippers on the Denver Nuggets last year, and uh, and they lost the final three games. And a lot of people who were with him in the bubble said if he had spent as much time preparing his team as he did playing golf, the, uh, <laughs> the Clippers uh, wouldn't have gone down to Jokic and the, and the Nuggets. So he really had something to prove this season. And from, from afar, not that far, New York and Philly aren't that far, but I, I watched this stuff closely. It seemed to me like like Doc really had Joel uh, super super motivated into it in a championship or bust mode, and look the Sixers um, showed what they showed. They finished first overall in the East, uh, but the you know going down in seven games and losing three at home uh, that's got to be a kick in the gut. Uh, in, in talking to Doc since the season that ended has ended, uh, Keith, how's he doing? And uh, and and what do you think? Where do you think he went wrong? I mean, you know, Doc is frustrated. Um, I, I think if, if if someone would say, where did Doc go wrong? Um, I, I guess you can argue that you can argue with his rotation. You can argue that maybe he played too many guys, right? Um, and I, I think that Doc is also an easy target because of his past failures in the second round, right? Um, but you can also look at it like, it's hard when one of your all-stars is afraid to shoot the ball, right? It's also hard when one of your top players, um, you know, was struggling from the field that game, Tobias Harris. You know, so I, I think that, you know, when we talk about Doc, you can say that maybe he had a little bit too much faith in some of his reserves. But at the same time, I feel like his star players really didn't help him out a lot. And he's going to get criticized for this. Um, but, you know, you look at that roster, they didn't have a backup power forward. Um, you know, they, some of these guys, they had to play a rookie a lot of minutes. And, um, you know, it was a lot of guys that I just felt like maybe he depended on too much. But, you know, you look at the roster and, and guys just didn't perform. And I, I don't know if it's fair or not because, you know, the way they lost and the coach does get the blame. and and he gets the glory when they win. But, you know, I, I just look at the roster and I felt like the, the guys that they had didn't really help out a lot. Yeah, I cannot disagree with you. One more. On a scale of one to ten, Keith, with ten being an absolute certainty and one being no chance in hell, uh, on the uh, on opening night of the regular season, uh, what's the probability that uh, that Ben Simmons has already been traded away? That's a tough one, just because it depends on what they get back in return. You know, I mean, the, the thing is, his stock is extremely low now to the point where, you know, they're coming out saying, hey, we're going to work on them. We're going to get things together or I believe in them. But that's the same stuff they said about James when they before James Harden. You know, they came out and said, hey, we're not going to trade him. And then next thing you know, Ben Simmons was informed by his agent that they were going to trade him. So. You know, it, it's one of those things. I, I think, like, the probability depends on what they can get for him. Like, if they feel like they can get something valuable, he's gone. If they do, that's my opinion. But, again, so it's hard. I'm, I'm not trying to cop out. But it's to me, if they could get something, 
If they knew they could get something, I say eight to 10. If they can't get anything, I say three to one. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I, I think when you, it's deeper than, it's deeper than just Ben Simmons shooting. We're talking about the process. So if you do all this stuff, this process was all about tanking to get stars, right? If you trade Ben Simmons, then you admit that every draft pick that you had was a failure, lottery pick, besides Joel Embiid. Because, you know, before they were hyping, we had Ben Simmons and Joel. So if you trade Ben Simmons and you get nothing in return, then that's an admittance that everything you did during the process was a failure to me. So I have to say it depends on actually what they get. Honestly, because if you don't get anything, if you don't make that move now and Ben Simmons is performing well early on in the season, I think that his draft stock may come up again. I mean, get a little higher and somebody says, "Okay, let's go get him. But right now, you know, I think you're going to have to give up a lot to get rid of him. I kind of I'm up at the eight to ten with uh, with you, Keith, on, uh, on the likelihood scale. I, I think it's just time for time for a change of scenery for both sides. Um, I, Ben's confidence is shot, and I think the Sixers can get can get something worthy for him. I, I again, I don't disagree with you that Kyle Lowry would be the best thing they can get, but uh, there's a lot of players around the league who change teams in the off season, and you know if you can get a John Wall, um, if, if you can somehow get Oklahoma City to uh, to keep Kemba Walker and, and get a package that's built around Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, you got a little bit of a new beginning and a, and just a guy who can play a little bit better with Joel Embiid and a guy who you're not going to have your knees knocking if you're a fan every time the playoffs come because the guy makes mental mistakes year after year after year in the postseason. So I think it's more likely than not by a lot that we see Ben Simmons in a different uniform by opening night. Uh, and with that... I want to thank our guest again, Keith Pompey. Uh, again, follow him on Twitter, Pompey on Sixers. He's the best guy down there. And I know all those guys down there. Nobody's better than Keith. And um, his paper's uh, been doing a great job for, for a long, long time. Um, Keith, thanks again for coming on the show. And uh, good to see you again, even over Zoom. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Ho- hopefully we'll see each other in person soon. <laughs> soon enough, man. And with that, uh, and with a thank you to my producer, Brian Fritz, journalist extraordinaire, we're going to go over and out.